Welcome to the Property Nomads podcast. I was asked on the J2 Hub podcast recently what my economic predictions were for 2021 and also for housing for 2021. And my answer surprised myself as well. I went off on one for about 20, 25 minutes and covered a wide range of points and thought that would make a really good episode, actually, just in case you hadn't heard the episode on the J2 Hub podcast. So, yeah, a big thanks to James Sahota for asking the question about what he thought my economic and housing predictions were. And here is my response. By the way, the full episode will be on the Property Nomads podcast in a few weeks' time. But for now, here is my prediction, 2021 prediction for the economy and for housing. What's your opinions on the current state of the market and what are your predictions for the future? It's a question that keeps coming up time and time again with COVID and this pandemic and all this nonsense going on. So let me ask you, what are what's the current state of the market in your opinion and the predictions for the future? Oh man, you got an hour. You got an hour. <laughs> this, is, this could take a long, long time. Um, yeah, look, look, look. where do I start? I'll go back to what I just said about opportunity. There's always opportunity. You know, it doesn't matter what stage. It doesn't matter what stage of the cycle we're in. There's always opportunity. So when there's good times, there's opportunity. When there's not so good times, there's opportunity. So if, if you get your entrepreneurial hat on, there's opportunity out there, basically. And yeah, there always will be. As you well know, you look at the changes in PD, permit development laws that have you know, been implemented, uh, changes in generic planning that you know have been put in to try and help get things through, processes through quicker. Look at the amount of empty shops that are, you know, gracing our high streets again, you know, as, as a result. And again, you know, that is sad to see. You know, many people say that is sad to see, but it creates opportunity because you know, you and I look at that, or you know, more yourself because you're, you're in, in in development. You know, you you look at those opportunities and go, ooh, ooh, yeah, and no, I quite like this down X High Street or whatever. So there's opportunity. What's the reality? Okay, this is what I think. The challenge that we've got is that most most people that are going to be listening to this are going to be used to dealing with a recession. Yeah, we had one in 2007, you know, 2007, 2008. What people are not used to dealing with is the fact that we're being dictated to by a virus. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not happened in society on this level for just over 100 years. The last major thing like that was Spanish flu. That was 1918 to, I think, 1922, I want to say. That took four years. So we're not used to being controlled by a virus. Now, yes, there's various conspiracy theories out there about X, Y, and Z. You know, are people saying the virus doesn't exist and all that? I I don't don't know. I'm just going to assume that it does because, you know, whatever. The challenge that people will have and the challenge that a lot of us have is we don't know how to deal with it because most of us have never been involved in this before. You know, this isn't a regular recession. This is something that's a bit bigger than that. And it's, you know, these are things that have happened before. Spanish flu is the last big one. Before that, you've had, uh, certainly for the Americas, uh, smallpox. But then we've had smallpox outbreaks years and years gone by as well. If you want to roll back to the 14th century, the Black Death, plague everything and the same shit happens each time 
it's a normally a virus or can be a bacteria that is transmitted. Sometimes it's human to human. Sometimes it's fleas, you know, to rats, to dogs, to you know, humans or whatever. But the same principles apply. You have to stop the movement of stuff. Fundamentally, you have to stop the movement of stuff. It didn't work too well back in the day because their scientific knowledge isn't what we've got now. So they were at a big disadvantage. But even they started understanding after the few outbreaks of plague that, oh, actually, we've got to stop moving people. It's actually the Venetians that came up with the word quarantine. Um, this was, I don't know, back in the 16th century, I think it was. We had another outbreak of plague. And you know, for those that have been to Venice, I haven't personally. It's obviously a, a quite a water-based place, um, so a lot of ships and so forth. And um, you know, to stop any transmission of any potential diseases, they got their uh, any boats that were coming in. They had to sit in port for forty days. So it's like, I think it was quarantine. Quarantine. That's where we get the word from. So it really means forty days. And they figured out over time that if you stop the movement of people and goods and services that actually things would things would you know sort themselves out then you flip to the 21st century and you know i i, I laugh about this because you know we have more problems staying inside and we got wi-fi you know back in the day we didn't have no <laughs> wi-fi so we have big challenges but the flip side to that and this is what many people will say is that well you know if you're asking if you're asking us to stop moving number one that's going to be pretty much impossible nowadays Let's be honest, because people are ignorant and people don't understand what's going on. But the flip side of that is if you're stopping people from working, you're stopping people from earning cash. And this is, you know, it's that rat racing, isn't it? That people were going to want to earn cash or need to earn cash because they need to pay their bills. They need to pay this. They need to pay their kids school fee or whatever, whatever, whatever it is. Now, I get I get that. I, I do. I 100 percent get that. You know, so this is where the conundrum is. But if you're going to get rid of COVID you're going to need a vaccine or you're going to need people to randomly become immune to it. It's not impossible, but it's not going to happen tomorrow. It's not going to happen overnight. It's going to take time. Even if you get a successful vaccine, you still need 7.5 billion of them to effectively, you know, vaccine everyone in the world. And even then people won't want to take a vaccination because it's well within their rights not to be vaccinated. Fine. Fair enough. So yeah, really the challenge is James. And I thought, numerous times about this you know i've had numerous conversations with people about this is that you need to stop the movement of people and all this tier three bollocks i don't you know it's all it's all madness you know it's fair to say that our government not just our government but a lot of governments around the world i don't think anyone's dealt with it particularly well because no one knows how to deal with it because again it's not happened for over 100 years you know so how but if you study history you can stop repeating the same mistakes that have been repeated over and over and over again. You need to stop the movement of people, uh, which is challenging in today's society. I get, I do get that. Mm -hmm. I do get that. But economically, as uh, going on to your question, this is hearing is the big, the biggest challenge. If you look at what the governments are doing up and down the way, let's just take our government, our, our wonderful government down in Westminster, that with furlough schemes and you know these lifebloods, you know all, all these things that they're doing, they're effectively printing cash. Which, okay, you know, it, it, it's like a plaster that's trying to cover a lot of blood. You know, it's good to stick it on for a little bit and it might work for a few days and then you might have to change the plaster. The challenge that people have is that they don't get economics. But by printing currency and by printing and printing and printing and printing, and printing it's going to devalue the pound. 
and uh, you know, this is it's going to devalue the dollar as well, and you know all this stuff. It's going to devalue the currency. Yes, it's providing you know life support to the economy, but it's going to devalue the currency over time. And the two or three ways that again people at central banks will think about the two or three ways to stop that and to overcome that are interest rates, taxes, and inflation. If you look at the interest rates at the moment, there, you know, there's even talks about them going negative. So you've got to take interest rates off the table. Not happening. So you're left with taxes and inflation. Now, every, but I'd, I'd recommend people listen to or read uh, Parliament Limited by Martin Williams because this book goes into it a bit more. You're not going to get many politicians that are going to sit there and go, yeah, yeah, need to raise taxes. Yeah, 100%, let's go. It's not a vote winner. Ain't going to happen. You know, not a vote winner. They'll find ways to stealthily bring things in. But it ain't a vote winner. And regardless of what we think about them or not, politicians will look after themselves. They have to. You know, everyone, everyone would do that, I think, in their situation. They're concerned about, are, are they going to be voted in in the next election? You know, are they going to have their seat in parliament and stuff like that? So if you take taxes off the table, you're left with inflation, which, as we alluded to at the start, as, as property investors, developers, kind of want inflation. Inflation is useful, very useful, because it pushes out the price of stuff. So over time, prices of, of stuff will go up, which means prices of your land and your developments and your houses should go up. So we kind of need that. But of course, with inflation, you know, inflation is like the ultimate tax, to be fair. It is the stealthiest tax going. It's incredible how it works. Because you just erode the way the debt. This is why people say get interest-only mortgages. Because if you've got inflation, you know, you come back and refinance the property in 10 years' time, you might have doubled in value. Mm-hmm. But if you've still got the same debt on it, but the value's gone up twofold, you know, the, the inflation has eroded away the, the natural debt of the property. And that's just one property. And we're talking an economy that's worth trillions here. And they're, they're going to try and do the same thing. The challenge, again, with that is it could lead to deflation, which is, you know, any investor, any property person never wants to hear that word. Because if that happens, we, we've got, we have got a challenge if deflation happens. But this is what I mean about understanding the economics. So in answer to your question, I've just gone off on one, which, um, but I, I think it's an important subject to get people, you know, to people to understand the other side of. In answer to your question, what concerns me is that this virus thing is going to go on for years. End of. There are no two ways about it. Even if you get a vaccine tomorrow, you've still got to distribute that vaccine. Blah, 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 blah. Vaccine is going to go on for ages. We're going to have national lockdown after national lockdown, and people are going to panic. People are going to protest. And then it's ironic that the same people that are protesting are going to be the ones complaining about inflation and prices and taxes in the future, whereas people like you and I are going to be – I'm not going to say we're going to be sat on the beach laughing. That's not the way to put it. But we've put our time into developing our own assets where we don't have to rely on what our government's doing effectively in, in the long term. And I think that's the beauty of, of doing what we do. So there, there is a, a beautiful irony that these are the same people that are going to complain um, you know, about inflation, about taxes in the years to come. Because you know it will happen if inflation don't do it. There will be taxes somewhere because it's natural. Mm-hmm. You look at the history of taxes. Every time there's been a war, every time there's been a you know a world pandemic or whatever, someone's bought tax in somewhere and, you know, hey, ooh, that generates a lot of cash. Let's keep it. So, you know, so I think income tax is probably the, the biggest one of the lot. I can't remember when it was implemented, but it came off the back of the UK going through a bad e- economic time. So they, they come out of income tax and, oh, funny enough, we've still got it today. 
You know, it's 2020. Sorry to date your stamp. It's 2020. Um, but what concerns me is, is that I think at the moment that the housing market is becoming quite artificial because whether they've done it on purpose, I don't know. We've got changes to stamp G, which has been the main thing, that all this pent-up demand from the first lockdown has led to, you know, when the rules were relaxed, people have gone, oh, yeah, People, some people have saved quite a bit in lockdown because they're not spending as much because they're not going out as much. But the stamp duty changes have built up this pent-up demand. Now, you know, I'm sure we've sat through social media and spoken to people and people have been trying to buy auction and, and via estate agents have been saying a lot of the same things. You know, there's bidding wars, there's this, there's that, there's this, there's that. Because you need to have this, you need to have the psychology of the people. You need to have the psychology of the people. If people are going to think positively, that, that's crucial. If you take, if the confidence of the people goes, you're, you're bollocks as an economy. So, yeah, the whole economy at the moment, uh, you know, it's in a bit of, you know, it's as grey as it is outside at present. And that's going to go on for years. But they've tried to turn housing on its head and go, well, actually, we need to stimulate housing because if people are confident in housing, they're probably going to forget about everything else that's going on. And I, I get why they're doing that. But fair enough. Fine. But if everything else around you is going south, is going wrong, which, again, inevitably, currency just being printed and printed and printed, but then you've got this one sector of your economy that's doing really well. Nah, there's no correlation there. And at some point that will burst. I don't know when. Because um, again, like I said, I think this, you know, again, we're dealing with a virus. We're not dealing with a regular recession. We're dealing with something we've not dealt with in our lifetimes. But history shows how we can deal with it. And it ain't pleasant and it ain't pretty. But history can show us how we can deal with it. So, yeah, my concern is that the housing market is becoming quite artificial. Um which, you know, well, we all know what happens to bubbles. It will happen at some point. I just don't know when. But, you know, that's, uh, that sounds all doom and gloom. But for me, that's reality. That's how I think. You know, um, I always joke about it. And, you know, I'm autistic. I think about things completely differently from how other people think about things. So I can take emotion out of all of this and just look at things differently. Um, why is that important? Because it gives you a different view. I'm not saying my view's right. I'm not saying, you know, it's not the most socially acceptable thing that I've ever said in my life. But this is me. This is who I am. I've got, yeah, this is how I look at things. Because I can see I can see what will happen. Um, so that's sort of, that, that's my socialist aspect of me going, oh, but, but that's, that, that's, that's, how our, that's how we are at the moment. But flip side, on the entrepreneurial capitalist side of me, as I said, there's opportunity. There is going to be opportunity. There is opportunity, big opportunity at the moment and there will continue to be massive opportunity because you know people need to sell people get panicky and, and that's where cash is king so from from a business point of view from you know developments that you do you know buy to lets that we do and you know from speaking to other people there, there's an abundance of opportunity um uh, as well so there, there, there's always two sides to the coin but yeah in, in i'm concerned a little bit about the potential of what will happen and the fact that it, I think the summit will burst at some point in housing because they're, yeah, they're trying to stimulate housing at a time when, you know, to keep the confidence of the people up where, you know, this is going to be around for years and the fallout from it's going to be a lot worse and it's going to take a long time to recover. And there could be, you know, massive stipulations with, you know, not just our currency, but worldwide. 
you know, um, not just because of the US election that's happening, but, you know, look at all the sort of advancements in, you know, crypto. I don't know a lot about crypto, but you just look at the advancements that are being made there and how people want to try and control things and stuff like that. It's scary. It's scary. But uh, but no, don't use what I've said as a reason not to do something because there's always opportunity. You know, there are people out there that will need to sell their land. There are people out there that might not know about these changes to PD and, you know, other planning legislation that's that's been done there are people out there that do want to get rid of their portfolio so keep looking because there will always be opportunity but do try and have a bit of an understanding of the economics and work with it don't let the economics stop you work with it but try and understand it and you know that's the whole ball game in itself i, I joked about an hour and i could go on but, uh, i think <laughs> well, 16 well, minutes is, is, I, is about right I, I absolutely love that. You had me fully engaged there. I love what you said about the plaster. That analogy is just so perfect. That plaster's just been put on there, but eventually that blood is going to carry on flowing and that plaster's going to fall off at some point. I think you just summed it up so, so well there. Yeah, it's, 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 just, it's just, in my opinion, and that's all it is, is my opinion, it's just, that's, that's the reality. You know, again, if we're dealing with a regular recession, the, the ball game changes a little bit. It, to an extent, the ball game changes a little bit, but we're dealing, we've got this added thing of, of this virus that you know i'm just going to assume it exists and people say that it doesn't and you know whatever but i'm going to assume it exists and the thing that we've got in 2020 is we've not dealt with this for over 100 years but these things do happen you just got to look at time look at history look at time these things have happened and they'll continue to happen they probably won't happen again in our lifetime hopefully not um we just happen to be in in the middle of this now um but that's what i mean by the economics that's what concerns me it's, it's okay having, you know, everyone always looks to the government and fine. But yeah, the challenge that governments have got worldwide, most of them, is that their solution is just print, 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 which, you know, is dangerous. It's why quite a few sensible, smart people are looking at gold, silver, precious metals, you know, and doing something a bit different. I'm doing that, I'll be honest. Um, doing mm-hmm. something a bit different, looking at it a bit different, but I'm a long-term thinker. But yeah. All, all I say is if you're out and about, you're dealing with people, you're talking with people, you're viewing property, you're dealing with tenants or you're viewing land and whatnot, you know, all I can say, just be as careful as you can. You know, be as careful as you can. Yeah, it is a virus. It will spread. It, just look at how it works. And it's going to be around with us for a very long time. But the, the ways to stop it is the fundamental movement of people. Stop everyone moving, which nowadays is pretty much impossible. Um, and and you know have a vaccine created or become immune to it, which again takes time. It ain't going to happen tomorrow. So yeah, you know we're going to be around. It's going to be around for a while. But you know use these things, use the economics to our advantage, because as as we've said, there will always be opportunities, no matter what stage of the, of the cycle we're in. But uh, yeah, you know as an investor, I think it's important to understand or have at least have a basic understanding of the economics and, and what's happening. And you know as as you said. You know, don't use all these what if scenarios as doom and gloom and you know don't let it stop you from doing something because there's so many opportunities out there there's so much cash out there that you know it's almost the best time to strike and history will prove that you know, whenever there's been big depressions or you know, things haven't worked out so well you know a lot of smart people always make a lot of cash because that's the nature of the beast um yeah that, that's it in a nutshell james no, that was that was absolutely fantastic, mate. And I think that brings us nicely to the end of that podcast, mate. I think uh, I think you said some really, really good things. And if I was going to sum this up, I would say, don't be afraid. Look at the positives 
and just tread with a slight bit of caution, but don't let it stop you from doing what you're doing. Perfect. Mm. Great stuff. Rob, where can people connect with you if they want to reach out and find you and, uh, and you know, ask you a question even? Yeah, James, the, the easiest way for people to get hold of me personally is email. Um, so that is rob at tpnpodcast.com. Email me. That's the easiest uh, thing to do. Uh, check out the Poverty Nomads podcast, as, as you've alluded to. So we're on all the usual platforms there as well. Uh, have a look at Amazon for Buy to Let How to Get Started and 101 Top Property Tips. Do go uh, and check them out. Uh, and then in terms of generic social medias, you can follow us, uh, the Property Nomads podcast or the Property Nomads, one of the two. Yeah, we're on Instagram, Facebook. We do most of our work on Instagram at the moment. Um, so we, we started... Aaron and I started to go for our travel memories. So there's some really cringy and old old school photos there from 10 years ago. But uh, we started to sort of generate our story. Um, you know, so we're, we're sort of back to square one. So, yeah, check us out on, 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 on socials there. But, yeah, if people want to ask me a question or stuff like that, the easiest thing to do uh, will be email. Um, but I'm sure you put all of that in the uh, in the show notes. I certainly will. Yeah, I'll include all your links in the show notes. And on that note, thank you so much, Rob, for joining me on the J2R podcast. And uh, no doubt we'll catch up soon. All the best. Thanks for your time, James.